hiding behind bottles of water. <laughs> Welcome, second session. Uh, so, in the in the absence of the professor, uh, I I was told to continue, so uh, I will. Um, so what I want to show now is about four different things. Uh, I want to show the formation of the floor for interest rates. Uh, the bid and the offer applies for interest rates just as well as prices, and interest rates is a price. Disprove those who think that fractional banking is fraudulent. Calculate the correct price of gold or what it should be, and show that everything is actually independent, uh, all of that is independent of there being a formal banking system. So the structure exists without there being an institution to coordinate it. All right? So what we have to start off with is an assumption. And the assumption is that Gold is money. And that should be a pretty easy assumption for most of us to, to take it. Okay? So, first of all, you start off with the individual. And he has a pile of gold. Now, A certain percentage of that gold uh, will need to be kept on demand. Now, does, does everyone know what that means, to be kept on demand? Cash. Mm. So if it's, in a, um, if it's in a bank, it basically means that it's on demand deposit. The remainder of the gold, not needed on demand. So, uh, say he has 10 ounces of gold, he might need 2 ounces of gold for living purposes, paying bills and blah blah blah. But there is a subjective amount that he is not, he doesn't necessarily need on demand. And that's the interesting part. So what can you do with gold that you don't need on demand? What can you do with it? Lend it. You can lend it, okay. That assumes that there are people who want to borrow it. Okay, so let's start off with an example. Three people. Okay. <coughs> let's say they have A, B, and C. Now, actually, let's just make the horizontal.
So let's say that the total amount that they hold as on the total block is 100 ounces, 200 ounces, and 300 ounces. Was that 100 each? Cumulative 300, or is that... Uh, no, these are individual people, and this is the amount of gold that they have. So this is, you know, Professor, you know, okay. me, Judith, or something. Yeah, we all have... <laughs> this is our gold holding. Okay. I can rub that out. I think people understand that. <laughs> what was that last bit you just wrote there, Sandy, at the top, next to the heading? I can't read that. Oh, uh, oh gold held. Oh, okay, gold gold. Okay. And subjectively, what's unencumbered? Well, Chape says, you know, 90 is unencumbered, which means that 10 demands. And this chap says, well, 100 is unencumbered, but I want 100 on demand. And this chap says, 200 unencumbered, leaving 100 on demand. Okay. So, if you, uh, if you had a bank account, with, let's say the Bank of Amsterdam, or something like that, and you decided you wanted to put this demand money into the bank, what rate of interest would you get on it? Or should you get on it? Anyone? Apart from reading? <laughs> Zero. Zero. In fact, would it cost you to keep your money there? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. And the Bank of Amsterdam I can't remember when it uh, uh, when it fell apart because the Dutch East India, but it, it was uh, it was established in the uh, early 17th century, and that's all they did was do demand deposits. So if you wanted your money in Amsterdam, it was useful because you could use it, use that as a payment system for wherever you were. But it would cost you, it would cost you a small amount per year to keep your money on demand. Okay. Uh, so that's where we are. Okay. So each individual has decided 90 is unencumbered, 100, 200, but it doesn't need to be that. It can be whatever it needs to be. Okay. So let's move on. I might have to write very, very small, otherwise I'll have to keep on rubbing out everything. That I've written, so I suggest that you take a note of it, maybe, you know, whatever I've written on before I rub it out. Okay? Um, uh, um, why is holding um, on deposit in a bank that's yours, mm. you know, it's, it's allocated, mm. encumbered? Why is it encumbered? No, it's un unencumbered. Unencumbered. 
Oh, the, the, the bit on yeah. the deposit at the yeah. bank is yeah. unencumbered? Unencumbered, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why is the rest encumbered? What have you done with it? Well, it's encumbered in the sense that they don't, they, uh, unencumbered means that they are willing to do something with it. Encumbered means that... Oh, would you leave that open? Yeah. Okay. I'm leaving that open for the moment. Okay. So, A, B, and C actually decide to go to a, a bank, okay, but the bank is not the uh, important part of this discussion. I'm just saying, I'm framing it in a bank. We'll show later that you don't actually need the bank there, okay. So they all go to the bank, and the bank obviously has assets and liabilities. So, A deposited 100, 200, 300. We haven't made the uh, demand versus non-demand split yet, which we'll make in a minute. And the assets, this would be in gold ounces, 100, 200, 300. Okay? They're depositing the lock in the bank. They're depositing the lock. Oh. Okay. Um, now, we come to the point where we say, okay. Says well, I'll have to keep it in a in a safe, and it's going to it's going to cost you you know X percent per year to keep it in the safe, but you can have it whenever you want. Just turn up at my door, you know, and you can have your uh, gold back, lesser fee. Okay. <coughs> now, um, what happens? Okay. A says right now. What can I do? with this uh, unencumbered gold. And the banker says, uh, well, you can lend it out if you want to. And he says, okay, what, uh, what, consideration, what consideration can I get for that? And he says, well, you go to the market, the bond market, as it were, although you don't need to call it that. Says that if you want, I'm, A says, I'm happy to lend that out 
I'm happy to lend that ninety ounces for one year. At whatever the fit for borrowing the money is. Okay, so the bank goes to the bond market, but even a market for bonds is not essential for this, just like the bank isn't essential for this. Trust me, if I didn't include these, it would be a, a, a far more esoteric example than including the bank and the bond market in there. Okay, so he says, I'm happy to lend 90, 90 ounces for one year. And B says, I'm also happy. 100 ounces. And C says, I'm happy to lend out my 100 ounces as well to one year. Okay? Two, 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 two hundred, yeah. Okay? So all fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. That gold which was not earning anything, anything for them per se, uh, it can now earn something for them. Okay? The, the, the rate at what they get, the rate upon which they get on their money is, is up for debate at the moment, but the point is they can still get something on it. So, what happens is that 90 gets lent to person D, one hundred gets lent to E, and two hundred gets lent to F. Okay? D, E, and F are other people. But it's, it is not necessary for them to be other people. They could even be A, B, and C themselves. That would be a bit perverse. But uh, <coughs> there, is no, there is nothing that says that D, E, and F have to be distinct from A, B, and C. Okay? So D, E, and F have borrowed these amounts, and they've got a consideration, a rate. It's called R. It's not relevant yet, just at the moment. So D, E, and F. D wants to borrow the money to build a factory. E wants the money to build a house, and F wants the money to build a college, a fee-paying college. Worst time. And uh, so they do. Now D spends the money with G 
who now has 90. E spends the money with H, who now has 100. G is someone who can build the factory that D wants to be built. H is the person that can build the house that E wants to be built. And I can build the college that uh, F, F wants. And again, there's nothing that says that G, H and I need to be distinct from either D, E or F or A, B and C. Uh, but the point is just it makes it easier as an example to show that they are, okay? So what happens? You know, by the mere fact that uh, D, E and F want to borrow money, and they want to borrow A, B and C's money, the fact that they want to borrow money and spend it on productive goods, apart from maybe E, um, means that G, H and I have been enriched. They have had an increase in their cash balance that they wouldn't have had had someone not wanted to borrow or lend. Okay? So is that all clear? I know we've got lots of letters here. A, B, C, D, F, G, all the way up to H, I. But is, is that clear? Why is a house a productive capacity? Well, I said it might. Well, you could rent it out, you know. <laughs> uh, it might not be. He is the only questionable. You know, D could have spent it on uh, a Gucci purse, you know, if that's, okay. you know, it's, it's not. If you borrow money, it should usually be for productive enterprise, you know. I mean, the idea is that you have to amortize whatever you've borrowed um, as a cost. Okay? So what's happened? You know, G, H, and I have suddenly been enriched. And this is where I need to rub it off. So has everyone got, got that done? They've been enriched, but they haven't been enriched by that amount. What do you mean? They, well, they have to deliver the goods. They have to build the house. They have to build the car. Oh, yeah, 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 true, true. It's true, they're indebted at this point, not enriched. Yeah, okay. They have a service. They have a service to render for the money. They have a service to render, true. Okay. Whether, you know, okay. Whether it actually is a net of, let's say, after having uh, spent it, of, let's say, that's a good point, dude. <laughs> yeah, they would obviously have a net amount, okay? So say 9, 10, 20. Yeah, okay. But then they have their employees and subcontractors that actually add up to 90, 10, 100, and 200. This is their problem. No, I'm saying the full amount of 90, you can just use the letter G because there's actually a bunch of employees and subcontractors. So in the aggregate, they all have 90. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to introduce more letters. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying they all roll up into those letters. Yeah, they will roll up into that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the net amount here, okay, is not, is not, is, it, 
it's not really important to the explanation of it. But Louis, you're absolutely right. Obviously, it doesn't cost G zero to build the house or the factory. Okay. Uh, we'll leave that bottom part and I'll have to drop this off. So what happens with uh, the balance sheet of this bank? Okay. Is that its assets and its liabilities will look like this. So on time, on demand, we have 10 plus 100 plus 100. Okay. And there is now a one year time <coughs> deposit. And that would be at 90 plus 100 plus 200. The cash will be equal to 10 plus 100 plus 100. And the bond, which is the receipt of the fact that they've lent out the money, will be what? 90 plus 100 plus 200. Okay? So the demand, demand adds up to uh, 210. And the cash adds up to 210. Okay? And the total number of one year time deposits is 390. And the total value, book value of the bonds, is also 390. But then, D, E, and F, sorry, G, H, and I, they decide with my, with my net, so, okay, what this looks like then, okay, is that the total, number, the total amount of liabilities, demand, and time, 600. So this, this system, this bank, the system which I am representing by a bank, has liabilities that total 600. 
What's the total amount of cash in the system? It's 210. Okay. So, is there something wrong with that then? No? No. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So then, GH and I walk to this system as well. And they say, I'm going to do exactly what A, B, and C did. I have a subjective preference as to how much I want on demand and as to how much I want on target deposit. Okay? And the process is repeated. Okay? G, H, and I are now in a position with their net, whatever it is, okay, to do exactly the same thing as, uh, as A, B, and C. Okay? So you will end up, as that is rinsed and repeated constantly, you will end up with a system that has cash of a certain amount, will match up with the cash and the time deposits will match up with the bonds. Okay. Now, what happens here is that people who don't truly understand fractional reserve banking then assume, okay, that what the bank has done is taken their cash and then multiplied it, you know, into uh, all kinds of, you know, assets that don't actually exist. So they will say, well, okay, x is, 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 is less than x plus y, so there is something fraudulent going on here. You know, and there's nothing fraudulent going on. It's the natural subjective preference of each individual that is dispersing the gold to be with different people at different times. That's, that's not fractional reserve banking. No, this is, no, no, I haven't finished yet. Okay. I haven't finished yet. Okay. So what you end up with is you end up with, you effectively end up with more, with more, uh, you'll end up with more assets. Why? Why can be any number, by the way. Okay, why could be infinitely bigger, not infinitely. It can be uh, much, much bigger than X, okay. So you, you, you will end up, okay, with, with an asset base and a liability base. Okay.
will say is that that is not correct, okay, because you haven't got the right amount of cash to match the total amount of liabilities, okay. But the point is, though, that the system has arranged itself in such a way that the total amount of assets is going to be by necessity greater than the total amount of cash. Okay, so what happens is that people see that as the bank takes 10 of your money, then creates 100 from somewhere, and then lends that out on interest. Okay, and it would look exactly the same. If a bank could do that, take in 10, create 100 out of nowhere, and then lend it out, it would look exactly the same as this. I disagree. Why? I disagree. Um, the 10 um, that we have at the bottom there is what has been deposited at the bank. Yeah. And that is, um, in effect, on the man. Yeah. And um, if the bank kept ten yeah. in cash, yeah. then there would be no, as per your example above, where cash matches the demand. Mm. And that's what doesn't happen in fractional reserve banking. In fractional reserve banking, you deposit ten, they only need to keep one. I know. And they can lend the nine. I know. And from the nine. The nine that is nine. not the way that people see fractional reserve banking. But that's how it works. I know that's how it works. Okay. That's the process I've just described. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say is that that's not how they see it, though. They see it. And I'm talking about many, many people as a sort of the gatterilk here. Here we Can I just throw something in? The actual amount of gold that went in matches. So then was kept as cash, and mining was something else was done with it. So the only thing that changed was the time preference, the time issue, instantly available or later available. And as long as the times match, you don't have a problem because the actual quantity of gold has not grown. Is that correct? Yeah. That's that's what I'm. Mean. No, you're right, Louis. That is fractional reserve. But under paper reserve, it's a different story because the paper does grow, but gold does not grow. It just reused. So why, what's the point of this? Uh, what, the, the, the point that I was trying to make was that the structure that ends up, it seems fraudulent, okay, in the sense that people don't think about it in the way that you just said. You receive 10, okay, I'm going to, you know, lend out 9, okay. Let's just look at that, okay. Because the whole point about it is that very point. This is what that was trying to describe, okay. If you, if you, if the bank received 10... You're describing a conversion series. If the bank took in 10 and could lend out 100, that would be a series that had a sum of infinity. Well, it's equivalent, okay, because they can go to the interbank market and borrow 100. Okay, so if you have 10, okay, you could either say, right, I'll keep that all there in cash, and I'm going to go to the interbank market and borrow 100, okay? Can't create 100 out of nowhere. But that is topologically equivalent to saying I'm going to keep one and lend out nine, isn't it? Eventually, because the nine then comes back. Yeah. 
and you can lend out 8.1. Exactly. So that's a, that's a converging series. Yeah. Converging. Converging. Yeah. If they can truly take in 10 and lend out 100, mm. then that would be a diver, no, you know, an infinite series. No, it's not, because that 100 has to come from somewhere. No, I'm saying in the mythology of Gata. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a $10 deposit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Create 100, that's Neil, yeah. lend it. Yeah. That goes to infinity yeah. in the first instance. Yeah. Well, they're obviously not mathematicians. <laughs> Okay. What's your question? But isn't R dead in, in the whole system? Isn't R dead going to infinity? Or <laughs> R dead increasing? Yeah. It's not infinity. It's got a finite number. The problem yeah, but it right, always right. at one point has a finite number, but it's increasing with a with a rising slope, right? The real problem comes in the bond. The bonds are not going to be paid back. Because they're government bonds, they're not liquid. That's the problem. Because these are real bonds that are issued to real people who are going to pay real gold or a real house or real bonds. So there's a fundamental difference between fractional reserve banking or this banking with the gold standard and this banking with with the paper standard. No, the process is exactly the same. Except with the paper standard, you don't have the Gold is the extinguisher of debt, so so the debt has to grow. No, you don't have gold. I tend to agree with him. What? Thank you. <laughs> I tend to agree with him. About what? About uh, that for the current monetary system mm. based on fractional reserve banking, mm. um, debt has to increase for the system to continue to operate. <laughs> that cannot. Yeah. I think that's that cannot, cannot decrease. I'm not arguing with that. Well, then I'm saying it's 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 not pertinent to what I'm talking about. That's all. Why why is that relevant to the structure of how you create deposits and assets? Well, is the planet turning around the sun? No. I think the, the confusing point is, is the term fractional reserve banking you, you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yes. how I and uh, Louis, obviously, and I think Benjamin as well, and perhaps a few others know it, mm. it is in combination with paper money. Yeah. There is, there is a, a minimum deposit and there is uh, paper created. Yeah, but. Uh, by, and because in your, in your example, you had an actual deposit of the whole amount. Yeah. And in, in, yeah. in reality, as far as I know, and I'm pretty sure that it works like that, you only you don't need the, the deposit of a whole amount so that, uh, that the bank is able to, to lend out more. Now, I'm not saying that... That's, that's, sorry, that's what I uh, mean and know uh, okay. the term fractional reserve banking. All right, all right, all right. Of the reserves. Ten positive. Okay. Who chooses the split? Well, it's the, uh, the reserve ratio that's uh, the law okay. in the country. So that means that if I'm going into the bank, okay, and I've got 10 ounces of gold, okay, are you telling me that the reserve ratio should determine my subjective preference for how much should be kept on the mark? There are two different things what you were doing with the, the gold, uh, you know, it was all fine. But I don't think that's the same thing that what's going on in the banking system. Of course it's not. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Uh, right. okay. 
education question. Yeah. You show us how the system is working now or how it should be yeah. How it should be was the way I just how showed it. Should be. Okay, yeah. I'm just doing this okay. How it should be was the way I just showed When you walk into a pack, we're all fine with that, I think. Yeah. 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 I have another question. Uh, when the bank lent uh, this money out, the balance sheet grew. Yeah. So every time, then in the next step, it will be always growing the balance sheet, although the bank has no assets at all. Actually, it won't. It won't grow like that. No. Okay. It will grow something like that. Okay. Well, it did not okay. Uh, I'm talking about under a proper. What you did didn't grow. The 300 went in, and it was 300, and it can only grow by the rate of increase by the interest income, because you simply allocated this is going to bonds and this is going to stay in the cash in the vault. No, no, no. The assets on the bank's balance sheet uh, are 300. It increased. In the next turn, it was three hundred. Six hundred. Yeah. Six hundred. Uh -huh. But this is a, I think that the next step is missing, where this one-year bond is being cancelled out, and the bank comes back to the. No. No, the guys who received the money, the, the factory builders, the house builders, the college builders, deposited with another bank. So, so, so it doesn't need to be another bank. Oh, that's oh even the same. Yeah. But that's that you didn't feed back. So, so no, I didn't. No, no, no. So you didn't show us actually the points from, from this graph. Okay. 600 to 900. Okay. 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 I think that's interesting, having those two, graph, two, two curves there. Yeah. Because probably under the proper system, which you outlined earlier, yeah. if always the cash at the bank was equal to the demand, demand, yeah, uh, what's on demand, yeah, uh, then you would have this curve that yeah. would increase, oh, but yes. you know, eventually it, it was recent by recent the system we have. Is, is like the other curve. <laughs> I'm not talking about our no, I'm going to talk about how we get to our One last thing. Yeah. It did grow, I didn't say quite right, but it only grew by a legitimate Yeah, it grew, it grew by a subjectively legitimate amount. Yeah, yeah. okay. But that was the point we wanted to yeah. make. Okay. It can grow it within the system, but it's legitimate because it was 10 years long. That's why I emphasized. That's why I emphasized subjective at the beginning. Okay? Alright? I emphasize subjective. Now, the fallacy of the current banking system is that if you deposit a certain amount of money, you only need to keep a fraction of that. Okay, by law. You need to keep a minimum amount by law. Okay? But that minimum amount could be completely different from your own subjective preference. Okay. Well, well, it is. It is. Automatically. Exactly. The reserve ratio, okay. The reserve ratio, which is, let's say broadly, total assets to cash, okay, or cash divided by total assets, okay, is not something that should be prescribed. It's something that's a consequence of everybody's subjective interactions with one another. Oh, agreed. But, you know. but, but the bank says, and if that happened to be, let's say, it turned out to be, if you do all of that, you know, you repeat the process and it turns out that it's 30%, then it's 30%. You know, but then if, 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 a, if a central authority says, well, you only need to keep 10, I'll come up with the rest if there's a problem, okay? Mm -hmm. That's where the fraud element comes in, because you're short-circuiting everybody's individual subjective preference. But wouldn't you say that that is the, the fractional of the fractional reserve banking? 
What? what? That, that this, this law, the, the, I mean, subjective preference that, that I bought so and so on on demand and so and so on, on but over time, this is not a fractional, I mean, it's not fractional reserve. That's right. I mean, the reserve is, is that the cash fixes it, matches on the value. Uh, what are you saying? Do you understand? Yes. When you go to the bank with your 100 ounces, yeah. Hey, yeah. you decide yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, 10 is on demand. Yeah. But the point is that the, the, the resultant thing is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. No, no, no. So, so what that implies, it implies that 100% of what's on demand yeah. has to be kept in reserve That's, That's right. That's what that implies. All those demand have to I thought that was taken for granted. I mean, okay, all right. Okay, <laughs> okay. fair enough. Um, okay. Um, but the whole point is, though, okay, is that you will end up, okay, you will converge, okay, to assets, okay, of X, liabilities, both time and demand, of X, okay, and split X into A plus B for time demand, okay. And it's a completely natural process, okay? Because A and B is determined subjectively amongst each individual. Okay, they're not forced to say you have to lend out the amount that you deposit, okay? And effectively, you will end up, okay, with a bank that, let's say, has, um, you know, well, let's, put, let's not use letters, let's use numbers, okay? Cash of a hundred bonds of let's say one thousand and by the, I'm not talking about one bank here, I'm talking about the sum totality of all banks, okay, the system. Okay, and you will have demand of one hundred and time of one thousand of different maturities, okay, I'm just using one year, it doesn't need to be one year, this is actually, isn't, you know, the maturities match, you can lend out money, you don't need to lend it out for a year, okay. So what is the reserve ratio here of the whole system? 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Okay. Now, what is, the, what is the amount of cash as a percentage of total assets? Whatever. It's, uh, yeah. It's, 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 okay, it's whatever. Okay, but then... No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes the smartest. No one likes the smartest. No one likes the smartest. You put the bonds at 900, then it's there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you'll end up, okay, with whatever it is, 9%. Okay. A 9% reserve ratio. No, no. No, it's not the same thing. Okay, why? All I'm trying to say is that the amount of cash divided by the total assets will be a total, 
will be a fraction. But you can't call it a reserve ratio. No, okay. Because a reserve right, yeah. for what? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they can't pull their money out before Call it, okay then, okay. On, on maturity, it's 100% reserve. Yeah, if, unless the bond fails, then they've got a bit of a problem. Okay, yeah, okay. This is 100% reserved with respect to time, deposit, uh, demand deposits. Yes. Okay. And that's what's right. But with respect to total deposits, okay, what's the ratio? Okay, are you telling me that everybody makes the distinction between demand and time when they look at M3? No, of course they don't. No, because okay. the reserve ratio for time deposits is zero. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's zero, okay, by definition, obviously, you know, because you've lent it out, okay. But I'm talking about not just the, uh, the demand deposits, I'm talking about the total, the total amount of liabilities, okay. Total amount of liabilities, or the cash divided by the total amount of liabilities, will be a fraction. Okay, but it's a hundred percent reserved with respect to demand. Okay, and it's a hundred percent with respect to time. It just so happens that's, that that's zero. That's the big one. Okay. No short and long dichotomy there. Yeah. They match. They match. Okay. All I'm trying to show here is that if you add up all of the the liabilities in the banking system, it doesn't need to add up to the total amount of cash. Okay, now liabilities I include as time and demand. Okay, it, it doesn't need to matter. Now Ludwig von Mises Institute don't even make that distinction. Okay, there's no distinction between a demand or a time deposit. So you're saying you put real bills instead of bonds, yeah. it comes to the same situation. Yeah. The right bank, Philip uh, uh, okay. came up with this before the war, before the Great War, had a rule out there that says 30% of your total must be gold capital, or one third, and the balance guaranteed real bills, or bills of exchange. Mm. Guaranteed meaning there has to be some, some extra reserve in case of a failure or whatever. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a question of trust here. Yeah. And trust is implicit in all of this. Okay. Um, but do you get, that's the point I'm trying to make, the total amount of liabilities, okay, both time and demand, can be whatever it wants to be as a fraction, as a multiple of the total amount of cash in the system. There is no restriction, okay, as to the total amount of financial system liabilities versus the cash. That's how the British Empire ran on 160 tons of gold. Exactly. Because that cash part was solid, 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 and the rest... Exactly, exactly. So what Ludwig von Mises Institute does is just say total liabilities in the, in the financial system are 100 and the cash is 10. They don't make no distinction, they don't make any distinction between uh, time and demand. Okay. They say that those always have to match, you know. It can't, it can't be done. Okay? So what I'm trying to show here is that you've ended up with a system that has many more liabilities than there is actual physical gold in the system. But there is nothing wrong with that. Now if you just picked up paper and you saw total liabilities 100 and assets, gold, cash, 10, you think, well, they just created the 100 out of nowhere. It's a very seductive and simple thing to assume. The only person that can do that, per se, is the central bank. They're the only ones who can create money out of nowhere, for no purpose. You know. 
to buy bonds, which they also create out of nowhere from their purpose. Commercial banks create much more money than the central bank. Yeah. Under the currency. Come on. Under the the bank they don't wait that you can pay it back. They don't assume that you can pay it back. What, what, are you saying that commercial banks don't create money? Mm -hmm. if, I, if National Westminster Bank, I had my boss tell me that if you go and deposit £100 into your bank, they create £1,000 out of nowhere. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But are you saying that if uh, someone goes and deposits £100 yeah. in that bank, yeah. the bank just keeps that £100 and, and doesn't really... No, I'm saying it doesn't create money out of it. It doesn't... It, it lends money. It, it lends uses, money. It uses that money which it doesn't keep as a reserve. Yes. To lend out. Yeah. And whoever gets that money may deposit it back into the banking system. So already that's multiple. That's that's yeah. big, that's that's creating money. No, it's creating liability. Creating credit, but credit is money now. Debt is money. There is a difference between a there is a difference between de a deposit and money. Okay. A deposit isn't money. Creating deposits is not creating money. No, when you deposit money at the bank, you're lending the, your money to the bank, basically. Yeah. Uh, no? Yes. Yes. If you say that I'm going to, I'm willing to lend. If you say to the no, bank, as soon as you, as soon as you deposit it in the bank, it's not yours anymore. Yeah. I'm not talking about the way it is now. Okay, I'm talking about the way it should be. Okay. I'm talking about the way it should be. Okay. One of the, one of the things that's a little confusing to me. When you drew up the, there was the 10 in reserve, you know, 90 bank is uh, unencumbered yeah. and can lend. If, if, if you're not lending the 10 to the bank, if that's really just a vaulting security yeah. relationship, yeah. that shouldn't really be on the bank's balance sheet at all. Well, it's, yeah. It should really be a bailment of some sort. I think a demand deposit is still a liability. Today's system is certainly mm. okay. No, but even in that system, it should be. If you're paying them to store it for you, yeah. it really should be like a bailment. Well, it's a little bit different because they'll let you withdraw it in a different branch. There's a bunch of things that you do with it. But it's really a bailment where they're safekeeping your property for you. It's not on their balance sheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Splitting hairs here. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Back in the 1600s, there was a legal case about this. Yeah. The money you deposited at the Bank of England, whatever it was, is it your money or the bank's money? Mm -hmm. And they, some judge decided it's the bank's money. Mm -hmm. So you are now just claiming, you have a general claim against the assets of the bank. Mm -hmm. It's not like a warehouse where it's your money mm -hmm. that you give your receipt, mm -hmm. which is probably the way it should be. That was the way the Bank of Amsterdam was. So that was that against your that. Receipt certificate. Yeah. So it's, it's not like an allocated account. Mm -hmm. So it's not like their balance sheet as an asset or a liability. That is correct. It's like a bailment where but, you know it's in our box and you have the receipt. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with including it as an asset or a liability on your it's not as long as it's still available back to you yeah. at any time. As long as they don't your box. As it's not something yeah. that you didn't know about. Yeah, but even if they did go bust, you know, your cash would just be sitting there in the vault. If it's green fenced then it's yeah. not a part of what's called the the, the collateral mm. for, for the creditors. Yeah. And, if the, if the unallocated account contains the right amount of gold, it doesn't matter because you just go back and divide it. Yeah. It's just that the unallocated account is not kept in the vault, but it's used for other purposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we are saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Uh, 
Okay, so Louis, you, what, what were you saying about commercial banks? I want to come back to that. You were saying something about commercial bank can multiply the money supply yeah. by using fractional reserves. Okay, yeah, that was it. Demand. Uh, sorry, deposits. Okay, the creation of financial liabilities, deposits, is not the creation of money. Okay, you're not creating fresh gold. You're dispersing the gold and coordinating it to whatever it needs to be. If you, if, if you want to liquidate your one-year time deposit ahead of schedule, you'll be charged a fee equivalent to the loss that the person will make having to sell the bond on the open market sure. to get your cash back. If you wait a year, then the bond will liquidate, you'll get your money back. But you can't say that that process is the creation of money because a deposit is not money. If you go up to a bank, if you go up to the news agent and say, I've got a Federal Reserve deposit, I want to pay for uh, the cigarettes, they'll be like, so what? <laughs> no, no, the process is simply that the bank receives $10 and it doesn't keep $10. No. So, because it owes that $10 on demand to the yeah. person who deposited it. Yeah. But it keeps one. Yeah. Nine goes away, it's left yeah. out. Yeah. But that's not the creation of money. How is well, that creating money? Well, let's, let's just take this a little further. Yeah. Okay. The person who is uh, lent five, nine dollars mm. changes his mind, doesn't really want to buy anything anymore, and deposits it in another bank with a better interest rate or whatever. Mm. Then the next day, they say there's going to be an earthquake, they both go to the bank and they both want their money. Mm. The bank doesn't have $19. Yeah. But the first person can't do that, though, because. Well, I don't the first person deposited 10. It's on demand. Okay, so the second the person did the same thing because they changed their mind after they were lent the money. Okay. And the next day, someone. Yeah, but that's the, that is what we have now. You're right. Huh? That's what we have now. Okay, so yeah, that some of those deposits will have to be written off. Okay, that's what causes deflation. Okay. That's when the lender of last resort steps in. That's when the lender of last resort steps in. If you're not matching, okay, the, the liabilities. So what you're saying is that it's create, it's adding the illusion of money, but it's not adding yeah. to the money. Yeah. Okay, we're in agreement with that because I, you know, I'd say that it, it increases the amount of money, yeah. but it's not sound money. So we agree. Well, I wouldn't say it increases the amount of money. I want to add one thing. The professor wrote a paper, I think, talking about how money is not the same thing as credit and won't be tied to any system that treats them as if they're the same. So the system we have today creates credit, yeah. as, as does the system Sandeep is describing. The federal in this system, in this system, although you have fractional reserve banking, you don't have people equating credit and money. Money is gold and credit is credit. Well, yeah. nobody in the banking system says money is gold. <laughs> no, no, in, in, in the system that we're talking about here. I just want to make a point that uh, Louis made, okay, in that system there. When you don't match the durations subjectively, okay, with what people want, okay, then by necessity you have to write down the number of deposits, okay. That's why the financial system collapsed, okay. And it was basically taken over by the government. So you're right, okay. 
In that system, okay, if you haven't matched subjectively the durations that each people want, the, the, the flip side of that is that someone won't have a deposit when they need it, or won't be able to liquidate it into cash when they want to. So you have to write down the total deposit base you know, as much as is needed, because the error that they made was that you, know, you didn't follow principles you know, that were you know, that was guided by the individual at each stage, you know, then a necessity is you have to write down the number of deposits. So if that was taken, as you said, like in the financial crisis currently, there would be no deposit base in the whole financial system at the moment. You wouldn't be able to pay bills, you wouldn't be able to do anything, you know. But we haven't had that problem because the bank, uh, because the central bank has basically underwritten anyone you know, that wants to make a deposit, uh, sorry, that wants to withdraw on a deposit, basically. You know, but what would have been the case is exactly as you said, if you had allowed everything to pursue its way naturally in 2008, okay, there would be no Royal Bank of Scotland, there would be no, uh, there would be no Barclays, Lloyds, okay. And, and, and maybe that is what should have happened. Yeah, uh, I've said that, people have said that to me, and I said, well, you know, if, yeah, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to be able to accept that your house price might fall 90%, though, or, you know, you'd have to accept quite mad things sort of happening in the system as a consequence of that, but that's what would be needed to purge it. <laughs> so what they're doing at the moment is just delaying that purging by time. Buying time, but that purge will still happen. Will still happen. Exactly. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So demand a deposit is not money. You know, the professor made that quite clear in one or two pieces. I think you know, if you try and use a deposit to pay for something, they'll they'll just sort of question you basically. Um, Okay. <laughs> Is it time for a break? I don't even know. Stay up there for another year. You need some coffee. I need some coffee. <laughs> Thank you. See you so I think that. Uh, Let's talk about what happens today, then, you know, just ah. recap, just recap. You know, you come into the, uh, come into the bank with your deposit and it's, there's no subjective difference between the amount that's kept on demand versus the amount that's lent out. It's all lent out, or as much as the law says that you can lend out, basically. And uh, that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is, you know. That the, the the amount that should be lent out should be up to the individual. Shouldn't be prescribed. Shouldn't be pres prescribed in law, basically. If you prescribe it in law, what we've just experienced is the kind of thing that uh, that happens, you know. So that's that's the big problem. So what happened? Let's go on to calculate the correct price of gold. Okay, in this current financial the system. The sky. We are going to the sky. 
this is the correct price. Where's the beat? I want to see the infinity sign. Where's the beat sign? What kind of dollars is that? New dollars. Eighty dollars. Can you use black, please? Okay, yeah, I will. Um, so. Let's just talk about the different measures of money. Uh, M0 um, is defined to be just uh, notes and coins. In circulation. In circulation. Each country has their own definition of what the different M's are, but this is just sort of like a generic example here. So then you have the uh, the next one up, okay, which is equal to m naught plus you know time deposits. Demand deposits, not the first one. Yeah, yes, demand <coughs> deposits, okay, and uh, m. I'll call it m z even though that's not what it's actually called, but call it, I'll call it MZ anyway. It's equal to M1 plus time deposits of, let's say, now let's call that M2, time deposits of less than, let's say, three months. And then MZ equals M2 plus time deposits of greater than three months. Plus, the, plus uh, money managed money, money market funds. Yeah, cash funds. I'll put, I'll leave that out for the moment just because, you know, this makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is it. Let's just keep it simple for the moment. Sorry, what's M, note? Notes and coins in circulation. So, in a gold standard, you know, this is all still valid in a gold standard, you know, M0 would be the total amount of coins, as it were, in the system, or coins and real bills, maybe. Um, and, you know, these would all still be valid under a gold standard, you know. Okay. So, what does, what does, um, what do the typical gold bug, what do they say? <laughs> The, uh, the gold price should be, you know, they, they say, right, okay, well, you have to divide MZ by the total amount of gold, and you get to, what, $50,000 or something, you know, per ounce. No, they don't all say that. No, they don't all say that, but quite a few do, though. Yeah. Okay, quite a few do. They will look at the total money supply. They'll look at a money supply. They will look at a money supply, and not realize that the deposit is not the same as money, okay? And they will say, hold on, and they will say that, uh, look at the ratio, you know, this is a fraudulent part of it, you know, that's what, they, that's, that's the figure we come up with, you know. Why does M3 fit in it? Or it doesn't exist anymore. Customer. <laughs> Customer. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Ends are defined according to geography, you know. This is, this is a generic example. Let's not get into the, 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 the pedantry of how you define the different ends. This is meant to be dis descriptive, you know. It's meant to be descriptive. And Z is between M2 and M3. Yes. 
Is that what, is that what yes. it is? Okay, then I'll call it MP. No. <coughs> yeah. I'll call it MZ, it's fine. Uh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. But M3 is, is, is higher. Yeah. M3. And MZ. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. MZ. Well, then I will call it MP. I mean, like the last. This MP should be the furthest down, as it were. I would have. MZ should be the furthest down. I don't know why it's between M2, but okay. MP is M3. The last. Okay, the last, basically. Okay, so why? It's pretty obvious why this calculation is just a load of bollocks, basically, you know, because, you know, the, the deposits are A, of different maturities, they liquidate at different times, you know, yet, nevertheless, you're saying, I want to compress it all into one demand deposit and say that this is how much gold has been, you know, multiplied by, debased, as it were, or created on top of it. So this is the correct value that will amortize all of these deposits, as it were, into, uh, into cash gold or whatever. And it's just wrong. Okay. The actual calculation... Um, is very is quite complicated, you know, because you have to think about how the different sets have been led. You have to think about the different durations. <coughs> Nominal amounts. You know, and all of that is just compressed into one figure that you see. You know, and it's a bit of a it's a, bit, uh, it's a bit dishonest, you know. If you called up the central bank and said, I want to see how many deposits there are for one, two, three, one year, all the way up, uh, you know, to how far it goes, they won't tell it to you, obviously, you know. And I'm sure the statistics are out there, you know. But they won't tell it to you. So you have to do your own work, okay, to figure out the correct, the correct value Okay, of gold. And this is a project in the making at the moment here. Okay. But it's not simply the money supply, because A, the money supply isn't even a money supply, it's more a deposit supply, you know. Um, you know, you can't just do this, basically. So, if you see that figure 50,000 bandied around, okay, you'll know how they, they've come up with it, basically. Question: <coughs> Why? I mean, initially um, on the balance sheets, say for instance, the Federal Reserve, mm. they had most of most of the balance sheet was backed by gold. So, for instance, let's assume it was 100 percent. Why? Why can't I take this figure and divide it through through gold? That's way different than MZ. Or, but what's wrong with this? Because previously. The balance sheet uh, okay. was back with gold, and it would, would be a pretty simple calculation. Never 100%. Right. Yeah, but never 100%. Okay, that's, so that's why I said let's assume it was 100%. Take, take the banking you want to put in. Or just the liabilities of the Fed. Which is, yeah, the liabilities on the other side. The assets were the gold, okay, to percentage of 70 or what was initially. 50, 25, whatever, but there was... Well, the other question, Sandeep, when you say divided by the gold, 
Which of the gold are we talking about? The gold that's on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet? The gold types of my official gold. Yeah. So all other currencies are intrinsically zero and the dollar is 100% backed by gold? Well, again, that's another point. You have to look at the total. Um, you know, what they would do is they'd look at M, you know, for all the different countries. Oh, the global aggregate. M. Yeah, and convert it to dollars. <laughs> do these things count as gold? Or only the coin gold? Is it like in the inventory or the stock? The total stock. All of all, that's available, refined gold. Yeah. Okay. One fifty thousand tons. You know. One fifty thousand tons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. Let's say the bonds are one thousand. Okay. Um, now, this is I'm emphasizing. This is proper gold standard bank. We're in a proper gold standard here. Okay. This isn't not, this isn't the current system that we have. Right. Uh, time, 1, 3, 6, 12 months. Okay, so the bank's, the system's balance sheet is consists of bonds of different durations, 1, 3, 6, 12, all the way up to wherever, 30 years, months, perpetuities. Okay. And these would match, okay. Gold standard. Right. So, Mr. Alien comes from Mars, examines the balance sheet of the financial system, and he says, hold on a minute, you know, you've defrauded me here. Gold should actually be ten times higher in value because the total, you know, that, it's equivalent to saying, right, I'm going to add up all of the liabilities, come up to 1,100. And I see that the cash gold, cash gold, physical gold is only 100. So I need to multiply it by, by 11 times, you know. Otherwise, nothing will match. Now, is that the right thing to do? Yeah. So is it correct to divide the total money supply by the total amount of gold? Money supply as is defined today in terms of deposits. You know, no, because, because they're taking the credit supply and treating it as if it was the money supply. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the whole point, is that even if you came to a gold standard bank from outer space, a gold standard system from outer space, you can make the same arguments unless you knew the exact mechanics as to how that formed. Now, I haven't gone through it here because, you know, it's an iterative procedure, you know, as Keith was saying, you know, when you receive money, you're basically put in the same position as A, B, and C were. Okay, and then you get this sort of, you get this recursive behavior which converges, converges, you know. Um, okay, so basically, As everybody, you know, once some credit is introduced into the system from people who are willing to borrow, people who are willing to lend, you know, it will eventually keep on repeating itself in a similar procedure, self-similar process, iterative process, fractal process, okay? And you'll end up with a system that in equilibrium looks like that, you know? In, convergent, in the convergent state looks like that. It's evenly rotating economy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. But what you have to correctly do is at each stage as you're coming to the total as in the sum of all of that, you have to analyze each iterative procedure carefully, you know, and then disaggregate it, you know, to get to get the total amount of gold. You know. And, but that is actually it's much more complicated than just saying it, you know. It's it's actually a very, very hard calculation, you know. But what I was trying to say is that don't believe people who say that the correct value of gold is the total money supply divided by the amount of gold. You know, that's that's not the correct way of uh, of doing it. You have to think about sets layered on top of each other, you know, sets of different durations, and the sum aggregation of which is the whole system. But how you actually split it all back out again, you know, it's not something that you can easily do without access to the right uh, to the right data. Okay, that was all I wanted to say about the correct price of gold. Here we go feel as to what it's going to turn out to be. A lot lower than forty thousand, I think. But then it keeps on changing, you know, because the total amount of deposits in the system will change. Well, I was going to say another way of analyzing is if the dollar is going to be zero in less than ten years, mm. any price you pay for gold today would be a good deal. True. <laughs> True, true, true. Because there will, no, there will be no offers to sell gold for, for cash dollars <coughs> 10 years from now. I'm not sure about that, actually, because I think the government will insist that we only accept payment for taxes in gold. You know, So that legal tender part of it will mean that there will always be people who are willing to swap their gold for uh, cash. Well, willing to change that to forced. Forced to. Yeah. As long as they pay taxes. As long as there's a go. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay. But, sorry, I didn't quite get the argument or the reply to my answer. At least I didn't call up with it. If you, uh, no, well, you're saying why can't you divide M by the total amount? Uh, the balance sheet of, the, of, of a central bank, assuming that there isn't a central bank which which um, which gives out the money yeah. and backs it um, with gold to. With a percentage of X. Yeah. I don't. So I don't understand your question. So if you say um, the starting point of, 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 of this multiplier for, um, in, in, in the monetary system yeah. is, say, for instance, take 1916 or so. You had the Fed in the U.S. system, mm -hmm. system already established, mm -hmm. and back then I don't know the number. The asset side of the balance sheet of, of, of the Fed was backed with gold to mm. percentage of 50 perhaps. Mm. This balance sheet has increased by, I don't know, 100 times by up to now. And, and the backing obviously is a tiny fraction with, with, with gold now. Uh, if we would go back to a gold standard and if, if, if the Fed would have to balance um, or back with the same percentage as they started with, mm. why can't they divide the, the balance sheet of, of, of the Fed, which is known, mm. through through the amount of gold they would need, or, or the price that would make up the money they have created? How come? Yeah. Uh, you can't do that because you can't compare gold to government bonds. You cannot compare them directly. It's not the quantity. You're trying to reduce it to a quantity, and it's a quality. Because gold is gold. And all the other stuff on the balance sheet is paper, and it could all be worthless. 
Yeah, but maybe it is. But it started off with, with a high percentage rebacked by gold, and this has diminished. But now it's not backed by gold at all. It's, oh. it's, so there's an infinite divergence there from whatever amount of gold there was, now there is theoretically zero gold. Yeah, you, had, you would have to increase this this, this back. You, you can't do this arithmetically because it's, it's infinite. You can't calculate. You, and his example of the bonds. There was no risk involved because he's assuming that the bonds will be paid on time. Well, there's no guarantee of that. So the real reserves of the bank has to be capital or something in case of a bond default. See, so you, you, you have to include risk and that's why the interest rates vary and so on. But under gold, with gold itself, there is no risk. It's gold. So how do you, how do you, how do you consider And it's a lot of human psychology also. You know, if he says what he's what he's trying to show up there, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is what gold should be worth. It's not what it's going to. It's going to be whatever somebody's going to pay for it, which could be, I don't know, could be fifty thousand, yeah. and then it might go down. Oh, so, let me just play. Sorry. Um, is there anyone familiar with uh, James Turk's fear index? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. I think it's it, with the conversation we have here, it's useful. Yeah. Uh, you should go on the internet and check it out. But basically, what it is, it's based on this. He, he, he calculates uh, fear indexes, U.S. gold reserves, the 8,000 tons, yeah. times the gold price, you know, divided by M3. Uh, and that's the fear index. And he, uh, he plots it, and it's 2.3% uh, at the moment. That's a high. That's the highest it's been for 16 years. Uh, but uh, it's not the highest it's ever been, and it's lower than most lows in the past when people have uh, no fear. Uh, like, for example, in the 70s, that fear index went up from 2%, 2 and a bit, to 8%. Mm -hmm. So what he's saying is that the fear index, it, which represents what people's loss of confidence in the money system and therefore what they uh, express through either the purchasing of gold or other factors uh, a rising fear index means that either M3 will have to decline or the price of gold will have to rise or a combination of the two and, and the only point is he's not trying to predict the gold price he's not trying to say that you know it's uh, it's Gold reserves divided by M3 is just working out with the those change. two pieces of information. Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. And and if you go to be before 1971, if you like, when when uh, you know pr presumably you know we had a, it wasn't a gold standard, but you know it was a better system. The the uh, the fear index was two, it was two percent. So you you know you think that. Uh, uh, I don't know what you can conclude from that. Uh, Wait, could you say what the fear index was again, please? How did he get it? That it's, it's the um, total, well, the official uh, gold reserves in the U.S. Yes, in the vault. 8,138 pounds <coughs> times the, the market price of gold, the spot price yes. per ounce. Spot price. Divide by M3. Okay. And that gives you a percentage. At the moment, it's at 2.3. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you can see this chart, but it's gone from 2 to about 8% in 1980, and it's been dropping, 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 dropping until 2000, and since 2000 it's been increasing. Mm -hmm. But you have to go back 16 years to, to, to get a higher point than 2.34, mm -hmm. 
And 2.3 is actually uh, about the average it's been for the last 40 years. Is 2008 on this graph? That's to today, to July. And 3 didn't increase. It is, it is of course, anecdotal and wholly unscientific. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I see a spread here with an entrepreneur. We think the market selling derivatives, futures, and options on futures in the fear index. We'll, we'll call it the, the FRX, the new ticker on the New York Stock Exchange. But then you're speculating on human action. It's <laughs> not <laughs> so a good thing so to I do. I thought I'd share that. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting. Uh, I think that fear index is more important just to know the changes in it rather than, yeah, you know, it's not the actual. Yeah. yeah. So M M3 has been declining in the last two years, isn't it? Uh, has it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it went up and it went across the zero line. Uh, uh, the what, the growth? But it's gone to negative. Okay. Right, okay. And then the price of gold is going up, M3 is going down, so obviously the fear index yeah. is going up. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it is. I, I know similar, uh, it's, it's not an index, but I know from Mike Maloney, he, he's actually plotted um, the same what I actually, uh, that's why I asked, it, actually the, the, the balance sheet of the Fed. Yeah. So it didn't take M3, so I don't know, there is no M quotation, but it's just a balance sheet of the Fed, how, how big it is, versus the reserves times the price. And they said, he said it, it, it matched, it, it, it matched when they depraved, so from 1913, um, there was this, uh, this uh, building up the divergence, you know, and in the thir in 33, when they when they appreciated the gold, it actually matched more or less uh, again where it started. So they had equivalent resources <coughs> the printed money. Since then, it was it stayed constant till 71, and and, and then this divergence closed again back to when when gold was its high in the in the 80s, and and, and, and then it dropped again. And, and he said, okay, it, it's actually caught up twice, and, and he thinks or assumes this, this divergence will, 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 um, will keep up again, so it will match again. You are aware that the, that the golden balance sheet of the Federal Reserve is still quoted at 30 whatever. It's not $35, it's more than $42. So, so, so basically the amount of money, the value of gold given in the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve Still quoted at forty-one dollars. He multiplies like the fear index. Uh, the, the actual so he multiplies. Multiplies. So it's already sure. multiplied again. Sure. Okay. Because otherwise you wouldn't have had the, the spike in, in, in eighty. And he said actually in nineteen eighty there was a, a three months window where they could actually could have gone back on the gold standard um, if, if they kept the price at eight hundred or whatever it was. And, and the value would have been enough to back the, the, the money supply which they had given up. Who said that? Mike Maloney. Who is he? Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's not, he, so if, if you add this up, he says it, he comes to the conclusion that it should be, according to this, 10 to 15,000. So it could be, that's plausible. That's one of his best guesses. Yeah, okay. Is he a gutter person? No. Okay. Right. No. Oh. <laughs> um, so I think. Sorry, I have a question. Yeah, sorry, please. So our theoretical uh, bank. Um, one year later, your alien auditor comes back and sees that the bonds have doubled or whatever, tenfolded. Cash. 
Spaces <coughs> 99 cents and what's the... Why would the bonds double? You only keep it at liquidation value on the book, as in what you expect to get back, not, not the market price per se, unless, unless you want to liquidate it ahead of time. One other thing I think might be worth drawing on the board for a lot of people that have a capitalist background yeah. is that the difference between some of the series that converges and the sum of the series that diverges. I think yeah. most people are probably assuming it's an infinite series that always diverges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, and that's so just so so In this system, you can't have the, the value of all the liabilities just double and then double again and double again. Mm. It has a finite limit. Mm -hmm. Just hold on one second, would you say that? Hello, did you get your question answered? No, really, but maybe I have why, why is the, why are you saying well, okay, that? Okay, I think that the uh, government and uh, this bank are in the same bed that they can issue bonds, I mean, let's build a bridge and it costs 1,000 of these units more. Yeah. So on the balance sheet, I'm going to have 1,000 payable in 10 years' time. But cash and demand will stay the same. So this alien comes back and says, okay, what's this? Everything doubled. But nothing happened really. That's what you're talking about, a paper money system now, not a gold system. No, it's gold. Well, I mean, okay, all these bonds are, the value of these bonds... But the bond is liquidated after one year, it's cash, it's a one year term. <coughs> so if it's in 10 years? Well, in 10 years, it, the, the bond ends at one year and you get just a little gain on the, whatever the, the percentage was. Yeah. And then the thing starts over again, if, if it does. You can't use the same bond for 10 years. It's, you know, if it's a 10-year bond, then it'll have a different ratio and it'll be liquidated in 10 years. And it's on the books for 10 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, okay, then in this way, the, this new bond would have been issued and the cash position out there would... You can't well, issue a bond unless someone is willing to lend it. Yes, <laughs> they may have different rate. They may want more cash and yeah. they might want more bonds. It's driven by the market demand, his yeah. system. My system. That's your system. I wish it was mine. It's not. It's the gold standard system. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. uh, but do you see? You can't issue a bond unless someone is willing to lend you the money. You know. Uh, well, you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't. You know. Uh, infinite series. Keith was just saying. You know, they don't need to diverge. If you have a system that has infinitely many terms. You know, if you add 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, obviously that just keeps on um, going up as high as you want it to go. But, uh, you know, 1 plus a half plus a third, uh, sorry, 1 plus a half plus a quarter, you know, plus an eighth. Does anyone know what all of that adds up to? Close to two. Up to infinity. So the limit as that goes to infinity, and what does it add up to? Close to two. No, it equals two, not close to two. The limit is At two. At the end of infinity. Yeah, the limit, it tends to two. Okay. The limit as n tends to infinity is not close to two, it is two. Okay. So the end of infinity. You never reach it. At the end of infinity. Okay. Um, but you could have uh, a system which looks similar, one plus a half, plus a third, plus a quarter. Yeah, and if you, if you plotted that, it would look like, like that. You know, it would look similar to this. 
but that doesn't converge. You know, you can take as many terms as you want and make it as large as you want. You know, so that is a good example. You know, to show that you know infinite things don't need to diverge. You know, infinite processes you know don't necessarily diverge. You know, they can diverge as we're seeing now. You know, but they don't need to. The, the fractional, let's say the, the fractional reserve was 10%, mm. then that's 0.9 plus 0.81 plus 0.72. Mm -hmm. That does converge. Yeah, and that converges to 10. to 10. Okay, yeah. You know, but it would be strange if everybody on the whole planet was only willing to lend 10%, oh, sorry, only wanted to keep 10% of their... Uh, they, might, they might keep a lot more than that. Yeah, exactly. But even if it was 10%, that converges. It converges. So, that, that was a partial answer to uh, this gentleman's question mm. about well, what if the bond value just doubled? Right. They can't. Yeah. 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 There is a finite limit beyond which it cannot be doubled okay. without more gold in the system. But it could have increased because of a few more interests, you know? And so you, the answer probably is you would have to reverse these again and then take out the new credit. I mean, it could have grown within this after this year. Okay. <coughs> I guess. Let's let's not debate too much from you know. Short question, sorry. Yeah. Would this imply that the economy cannot grow as fast as it could because of these restrictions? No, the economy would be a result of this. You know, it's it's the economic process that happens as a result of this is is that. You know, you can't say, well, if they wanted to lend more than they had lent, then the economy, the economic system would be different. You know, you can't say that, do you see what I mean? You know, you can't, you can't say that the economy... Okay, let's say uh, we want that bridge over here, yeah. another bridge on yeah. the Danube River in Budapest. We want to issue bonds, but there is no... Well, then you'll have to offer a high enough rate to tell people to lend you the money. Uh -huh. this, uh, Who wants the bridge? bridge? Who wants the bridge? The, the, people, uh -huh. the people. Are they willing to pay a fee to cross the bridge? A dollar a crossing? How many people cross the bridge? What's the cash flow? And how much does the bridge cost? You tell me that we'll see so the, the bridge is centralized, but like the people who are here will have to it can't do that. It can't. It, it can't. You know, uh, no matter what each subjective person's personal. You know, 10 percent, or 20, 30, 40, or 50, whatever it is, it will always converge. You know, you, it will never, it will never grow exponentially. It will grow, it will grow in the reflection of an exponential curve. You know, an exponential curve looks like that. You know, the reflection, reflection looks like like that. You know, it will reach an asymptotic. Level. One very short comment, which I think is quite important, because real growth, I think, is is uh, a function of savings, of real savings. This this example, I think, is if you don't have the real savings, you can't produce real growth, and the market will take care of that yeah. by, by by determining the correct interest rate. Interest rate. And, and and determine the correct purchase power of the gold. Yeah. Because as the productivity increases, the balance of gold will buy more, whatever. Yeah. Just the point, uh, that someone asked earlier if the money supply was increasing yeah. or, or not anymore. I just went, and M1 and M2 are still increasing, mm -hmm. but at the lower rate. Mm -hmm. 
at one point in 2008, they were increasing, uh, well, well, in September, yeah, right, yeah, double, right? M1, yeah, 18%. Uh, but now M1 is increasing at 4% per annum, the latest. Uh, M2 at 2% per annum. M3, measured by John Williams, uh, is decreasing. Yeah, okay. it is That's a good example. By 6%. Okay. Per annum. But, but it's still, it's still 12, uh, 12 trillion. Uh, what's the amount? If the government hadn't done what they had done, you know, the, all of the ends would have done that, basically, okay? Yeah, because the deposit like, base would have been like destroyed. And a bit of <laughs> well, M1 yeah. would have known, hmm? no. okay. But uh, M1 is the most useless of all of the measures, I think. Uh, sorry, M0, not M1. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, M, uh, yeah. But because, because the government has basically guaranteed everything, you know, it's probably doing something like that. But that doesn't prove what Louis said, is that this will eventually happen because the durations are completely shot apart. You know, they're not, they're not matched according to each well, people's preference. Well, what are you referring to? M1, this time. MP, I call it. MP, okay, yeah. Yeah. There, there is another monetary measure that you didn't mention, and it's mm. not supply measure, mm. but it's called a monetary base. Yeah, that, that's what I was referring to. And, and I understand that that is a measure that central bankers look at much more closely mm. than the other measures, because the monetary base is more or less money in circulation plus reserves that the commercial banks have at the central bank. Mm -hmm. What happened in 2008 is that the Federal Reserve gave the commercial banks a lot of money by buying the toxic ship waste that they had. So, but all the banks kept that money. They didn't lend it out. So the money didn't go into the, uh, the economy it's still in reserve, and if you look at the monetary base, it like doubles that. like that. That's the thing. And I think they've been trying to, and the central banks openly says that the plan is that if inflation manifests, start manifesting because the banks, the commercial banks, start with fractional reserve, laying this out, that that trillion becomes ten easily trillion. Uh, then what they'll do is they'll 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 bring it back in. I don't know how they do that, but they, 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 they will argue that they will pay a higher interest rate to the commercial banks. Not finished. I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, no, that's fine. When you finish. The Fed pays interest on the reserve that the bank keeps with them at yeah. this time. Before, they never did it. And oh. they, what they're saying is, if they want to get this out into circulation, they will cut that interest rate. Right now, the bank would rather leave its bank at the Fed because it's, it's risk-free and it's earning an interest. They always pay interest. Anyway, the monetary base is a measure of inflation yeah, in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You could, you could have, uh, uh, and this is, this is the point, you know, that the thing that the, the monetary base looks like that. You know, and that's why everybody assumes that we're going to go straight away into inflation, but that doesn't... It's not inflation, needs to wind yeah, down. it's part. Yeah. So you will have a big, big, big party before they even think about uh, withdrawing that, you know.
And then when they start to withdraw it, that's when the party is likely to uh, they won't, collapse. They won't withdraw it. Did you read the news yesterday? They will never withdraw it. They will never withdraw this money. <laughs> that's what they say. I don't know. I don't know. Of course they say they have an exit strategy, but, but they have none. Because you need this debt into, to be increased, and if M3 doesn't do it, they do it with a monetary base. No, but if, if, it, if it serves the end purpose, they want to inflate the debt away, you know, and at the moment it's not doing that, you know. So once it has inflated the debt away, you know, okay. then... What, what's happening to this money? The, the banks get it basically for free, and they are monetizing the debt of the United States, for instance, because they don't need any money to, 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 to keep as, as, as a reserve, because if you buy US T-bills, it's, it's risk-free, and, and, and uh, they, they borrow their money at, I don't know, zero point whatever percent and, and, and invest it at 3.5% in, in 10 year bills. Great. This will work for a while. But at some point it, it, it won't. Yeah. They're monetizing the debt through the commercial and investment banking system via exactly this. Yeah. But it's not serving the purpose that they want, though. Well, the, the government isn't too unhappy, I guess. That they've got so much bias of 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 of, of I don't think they care about that. They are, they want to solve the problem about everyone has too much debt, and the only way you can do that is a la Roman style. And you know, yeah, the, uh, the difference between that, you know, it becomes a question mark as to whether the purchasing of government bonds rolled into perpetuity is the same equivalent to a debasement, you know. It will at once. It, it is, but they're not going to roll it into perpetuity, though. You know, if they've achieved, if that starts coming down, they would have achieved what they wanted to achieve. You that's know, the official story. I don't buy it. It's, that's not their. Well, do you think their official story is telling the world that they want to inflate the debt away? What would bondholders the do? The official story is that they're going to drive this back to a normal uh, rate again. Yeah. If you see the long, long history of monetary base, it has been increasing yeah, ever, yeah, since, yeah. ever since. And now you have this big spike. Yeah. I, I, it's been, it, it has been increasing since 97 years, since 1913. Yeah. This, so, this hockey stick, the monetary base, it's a real hockey stick. It's, it, you know, I've got it in front of me. It goes mm -hmm. like this, has a move for 60 years since the Fed was created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like like this from 1970 to 2008, and then 2008 it went up. Okay, and what has been doing since is trying to come back, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. Like this, you know, they call it exit strategy. <laughs> and and this, this will be the test. Yeah. This will be the test. Can they bring it back in? Yeah. Because if they can, then... Did you hear the news yesterday? Did you hear the news yesterday? No, I'm... No. This, they exited the exit strategy. They said the mortgage... The mortgage... Oh, yeah, but that's just what they announced. Uh, what would they do? They exited the exit strategy, if you ask me, because they said they won't drive... Did you they said they won't, they, they won't drive it back. They will, will uh, the, the, the maturing mortgages they have on their balance sheets, they're, they're replacing the T bills now. Since when, have, uh, since when are they transparent? Well, that's what they officially said. So. Yeah, well, probably doing the opposite. <laughs> uh, can I say something? Go ahead. They also said, Bernanke said that in the future we're not going to hold interest rates and we're not going to hold money supply. What we're going to do is you watch our balance sheet. 
And that's what they're going to target. They're, and I'm quoting that. That's what he said. We're targeting our balance sheet. So what does that With mean? With what? The balance sheet will double, will quadruple, will quintuple. Yeah. What they need to do is, is charge like, Nor like do what Norway did in the early 90s and just make it, I think they did that, make it a negative rate so that it's, uh, it's, it's not a good idea to leave your money on deposit at the central bank, you know. Yeah, to the, to the uh, commercial banks. Yeah. Well, that's one mechanism to yeah. do it. Yeah. Your would be at 50,000, sort of. <laughs> what thing, what, what is, if, if the Federal Reserve just um, acts as, as, as sort of the real lender of last resort, mm. so that they will start buying all the debt that is in the system, because when they see that M3 is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to go down, then the only thing that they can do is increase the monetary base. Mm -hmm. And what they will, will, will start to do is, is to just buy up debt and debt and debt and debt and more debt. So basically, um, what, what, what I'm thinking of, what I can imagine that, that's going to happen, that the spread between M3 and, and, and the monetary base is going to narrow mm -hmm. further and further and further and further until the central bank has taken up all the debt that is in the system and keeps inflating, inflating, inflating. Mm. Mm -hmm. But what the outcome is of that, I have no conclusion. Mm. Mm. I don't. <laughs> but that's, yeah, what but that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what that's what they're doing. That what's maybe is going to be the ultimate result of, 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 of their strategy, what they are currently doing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I think uh, the main point that I was trying to make, you know, that don't divide <laughs> the total money supply <laughs> by the amount of gold to get the correct gold price, okay? <laughs> so, that's where I, I finish, I think, for the moment. Unless there are more questions, you know, but... Uh, yeah. I would like to put a question to you. Now, you have heard Sandy but what you may not know is that he is the one and only research uh, genius who's working on the gold basis and the silver basis. Absolutely uh, unique because so there's nothing in the public domain which uh, would come anywhere close to what he's doing. The question I'm asking you if you would like to have an elementary introduction to the bases and the co-bases and just to give a get a perspective of what kind of research he is doing, then a show of hands because then we'll squeeze him in somewhere later on during this. Oh, and unanimous, right? Well, We'll do it. I'll let you know when, uh, and, and you're willing to do of it. Course, of course, of course. Not make quite now. Make it introductory. I know there yeah. are some high flyers yeah. among yeah. us, yeah. but uh, the majority probably needs a very Introduction. Luckily, I have Rudy's introduction uh, to Contango and Backwardation from Sombatay in 2008, you know, so we can start there and then progress in a nice slow manner later on. Okay, <laughs> then I'll let you know when we put Sandy on 
and he will give you that introduction and I'm sure you will benefit by it because the uh, future of gold is not understandable without these two concepts. Thank you very much. Thank so you. I'll we'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you. I would also like to say something, I would like to make an invitation, a hybrid invitation for one week beer at the uh, restaurant at the opposite side of the street because one reason is uh, it's my birthday today, yeah. the other is happy birthday. Uh, thank you. I would, I would like everybody who, who hasn't tried a week beer to try it and I will instruct them how to drink it because it's not that easy. Are you over the legal age, Skip? <laughs> 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 Are you allowed to